What's your forecast be here? Well, it should be solid. Yeah. Prior to Jenny, right? That should be. And <laughs> <That's> nine, <laughs> Yeah. And and, and, you, and you also know that this horse can cope. That's this is a bit of an iron horse. Yeah. It's certainly divided. So yeah, this is remarkable what's this horse. So I just want to pack the truck up and ask you all. We've just we've just spoken about Amelia's doing the Golden Eagle and how good it was at Rooney Valley. So isn't it the same dynamic? This was flat as the proverbial uh, Carter's hat at, uh, at at Caulfield in the Group One. Everything says it can rebound. Now if it rebounds, what type of performance can he can she do? Well, yes. Well, that'd be a plus five if it wins the race. Right. Well, it's not bad for a nineteen dollars shot. But uh, it's nice and simple with you that uh, you've got the two horses here, Amelia's Jewels, Midfours, and uh, Obama, we'll call him <laughs> 12. He's about $10. So that's a huge price regard in, in comparison to what you're saying you tell him. Well, the Japanese horse is 100% miles over right. He should be equal favourite with Amelia's Jewels. Yep. That's where well, he should be. It should be $4. Now on PG Podcast Network, it's time for the year-round carnival with Vince Accardi and your host, Racetrack Rolfie. G'day, thanks so much for checking out our year-round carnival podcast where each and every Monday we bring you the results of the best racing in Melbourne, Sydney, wherever they are in the country. And on Saturday, it was a lot of fun. As you heard there from the uh, intro, a little bit of Little Richard, a little bit of the Vapors, a little bit of the fine work uh, courtesy of Racing.com and, of course, Sky Racing, the race callers there, because Vince Accardi, it was a great fun day for us. Yes, it was a good day. May it uh, continue... Not only this weekend, but every other weekend. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, and if you don't enjoy the good days, you're an idiot because <laughs> this is a caper where you can never quite get completely right, can you? No, no, no. You Some days you can kick the goals and other days you just keep finding the points and the behinds or <laughs> not even or, – or like soccer goalers. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So Fleming and Derby Day is where we'll start. The track had some challenges as far as the wind condition is concerned. Of course, it was uh, seemingly perfectly presented. What, what's your what's your lens on how Fleming in itself played? Yeah, there was definitely that was the case, Rolfie, all the way through to the 600 metres. The wind pretty much gave a bias of around oh, to the 800 
on average, it was around three lengths, Ralphie, and to the 600, it was still almost two lengths. And then I, I felt it was very normalised in the home straight, somewhere around that one length, typical of uh, what Flemington can do at the bare minimum. And, of course, a little bit of resistance in the home straight as well. But overall, that track was rock-solid good. Right. Uh, any, any impact do you think in the home straight? Just uh, Daniel, one of our listeners, has asked, uh, Tom's last 400 were, for, were poor for a good surface. Why? Especially in the Cornwall, so maybe up the straight. Well, the straight's always got its challenges, right? Yeah. No, no doubt about that. But it's interesting if you look at the day and you take away those you know, runs up the straight, realistically, all the runners virtually were close to well, they were all, you know, in that forward position, but they were late, like pretty much lanes one and two, Ralphie. Yep. Have a look at the day. Lane two, lane two. We we had the, the eleven hundred meter race, lane fourteen, which is where you're going to be, and and the twelve hundred meter race was lane seven. The two thousand meter race, lane one. Twelve hundred meters, lane twenty. Only Riff Rocket was the only runner all day you know, from a turning circle races, to actually being in lane 11. Everything else, as you can see in the last race in the car, lane five. So that yeah, tends... Yeah, we, we often say let the best jockeys work it out. Well, when Blake yep. Chin decides to ride for completely for luck on Munamac, that tells you that he obviously decided that, you know, the peeling run just wasn't in play due to that win. And that makes a lot of sense, Ralphie, particularly... It's so difficult to get out in those wide lanes in the turning races if you don't have a number of fundamentals in your favour because all you're going to do is lose ground and you won't get the edges. And so, yes, it made a lot of sense to be closer to the insider and, well, yes, Mutabek would have been wonderful for one. I wasn't complaining because it still paid huge, Ralphie. Like, for a place that was easy $3.50 anywhere. (laughs) You pick it up off the ground? (laughs) <laughs> it just you just collect them. <laughs> Fair enough too. Well, let's let's start. We'll go through the uh, the three Group One races at uh, at Flemington, and uh, th- this um, was a uh, I, I reckon it wasn't a lot of fun for you, Vince. This race uh, up the straight there with uh, with Osmosis winning, but this is a horse that we did stamp two starts back in our Sizzlers, and then it was a question of how much would he rebound. But also the, the main overriding question for those who haven't yet heard our preview podcast, and of course, as always, whether we get it. W- right or wrong each and every time we put it up free post-meeting so you can at least listen to the format and uh, make your own judgment if the information suits you we don't uh, don't go any further than that but um, the, the the overall riding theme Vince was was a cylinder and was Shinzo going to turn up at their best and what's your lens now that you've had a good look at it well of course that was going to be the case I mean osmosis was it was always in our top four. It's not like, well, we didn't feel That's it right. had a chance. But the reality was Shinzo and Cylinder just looked like they were clearly the superior horses. They only had to just repeat or improve off where they were, like in particular Shinzo, to be effective. But the reality was when you go through it all, I have to say, I mean, I personally was on Shinzo and small, Ralphie, because of the, the straight racing's dangerous for me, right? So yep. it wasn't a terrible result for me, but number one, Cylinder definitely didn't turn up and he was done. And it's, I, I was reflecting when I was looking at the adjustments, how many horses 
when they – and, you know, we, I'm sure we're going to touch on it when we get to Sydney maybe. The yeah. real, reality is this horses coming off their Everest, they don't re, they, they don't go on, do they? I was going to ask you if that's sort of like a fundamental to start looking for going forward because it's obviously yeah. such a brutal race and year after year. I mean, I, I mentioned this on the Friday and you don't as a rule use history, but the, this time last year, Jack and O, he was cooked once, once he got to this race. And, and this is – the scenario for me, like Jack and I, was probably slightly different because I, I felt that that horse was going to be better suited at the fourteen yep. than the twelve hundred meters. But Cylinder, that was the peaking run in Sydney, and it was you know a completely different horse. I mean, you don't run four point nine lengths below benchmark when you've got that sort of level of capability that's in the mid four range. But that was it; he topped out, and Shinzo. It's probably slightly different because he was still trending upwards. Yeah. It's sort of the disappointment for me with Shinzo is this. It feels like he's going to be chasing his slipper figure for the rest of his career, which would be really sad because I, I actually felt this could be a horse that could take, you know, grand leaps and become like another sort of top three to five horses in the country, but it certainly hasn't happened with an overall performance of plus 1.9. And the horse was there to be in the game. He was in the perfect running position, you know, tracking that lead speed like a length. Even in the mid-race move, there was no overextension. The horse, in my view, wasn't good enough. That's it. You're going to be right on the day. Now, Osmosis, I've got what we wrote about him uh, on the 23rd of the 9th. Uh, this is at uh, Rose Hill meeting. This is in the Sizzlers. Three from three here. First up after 105 days off, has taken himself to a new level from just below benchmark with his performance stating he's seriously promising, ready for stakes racing and beyond this listed level. Now, that day he was 2.1 links above benchmark, ranked eighth of the day, and we uh, finished by saying uh, showed his debut with when at Gosford, he can produce more early speed to fast. Plus three range would be no surprise going forward. So he didn't quite need to get to that to win this race. No, no, but he improved again. He went to plus 2.3. He was the third best performance of the day and beautifully controlled up front with the scenario, like 2.4 lengths below benchmark. A absolutely no overextension between the eight and the 400. I mean, the mid-race squeeze there was around five lengths, Rolfie. And there was a taper over the last 400. So he was there to be beaten and didn't get beaten. He, he held them all off. He, he jumped out really well on that uh, on that Friday. What was your assessment of that uh, jump out? And again, we're, we're talking through some highlight, uh, hindsight lens, but I'm just keen to, to put some more meat in the bones. Well, I don't have any sort of benchmarking on that jump out, Ralphie. So yes. I, I don't know like what sort of impact it had. But yes, it was a, it was a good jump out. The, the, the plus all I can say is that it definitely didn't flatten horse. <laughs> yeah, and I suppose we, we need to start uh, reaffirming that just like the, the old man who was, uh, you know, an absolute genius for years, Bjorn Baker's really, really starting to continuously nail getting his horses to peak on the big day. He is, and he was obviously talking extremely glowingly of this horse, and I don't know if there was any intoxication or anything, but he was like really definitely working on the view like this is the next champion. And, well, he, he disposed of the field, but the figures don't reflect that, right? Yeah. The, re the reflection was it was a great performance, but still that's several lengths behind, you know, the next step up of what's needed. But it could, it could continue. Why not?
to the Derby, Vince, and it was uh, it was promising to be a pretty good race on paper with both Riff Rocket and Apulia set to peak and did delivered on as far as a visual. Would have liked the photo to have gone the other way, but it seemed like there were two pretty handy staying colts here. Oh, the performances were fantastic from both horses. Uh, really, the first three horses, they were fantastic. Firstly, Riff Rocket, 0.7 above IVR benchmark, got in the top 10. Not a common thing to see happen, 2,500 metres, three-year-olds being top 10. Apulia, 0.6 above, ninth best of the day. And even Sun Sunsets, it was 0.1 below benchmark and overall ranking a little bit further down, 17 on the day. But all three horses raced well, but, geez, Riff Rocket and Apulia. Hopefully, we've got some really nice potential stayers here, Ralphie. That, I, I love the way both of them performed. In fact, what I might do, I might uh, do a little bit of a, a look at the last five or six years of the Derby because when, when you say that, it it, it, re it really um, uh, it comes to mind that I reckon normally a Derby at the moment's been one with minus two, minus three, and here you got correct. horses, you know, clearing two, three lengths better. That's that's a really good sign. I absolutely, Ralphie, that's a fantastic sign. You're right. It's generally the minus two to three or four or even five below. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you get to these sort of – because it's usually it's about class, not how well you can stay. But these runners, they show great composure through the first two-thirds of the race, travelling well within themselves, not overextending. I mean, have a look at Riff Rocket, 5.7 lengths below benchmark. Apul this is first section. Apulia, 4.8 lengths below benchmark. And then and then over the concluding part of the race, they were actually able to build and both horses – Ran like their last 200 metres were 2.3 lengths above benchmark for Riff Rocket, and Apulia was three lengths faster than the standard for the last 200 metres. Just shows they've got staying ability. Uh, this is what we wrote post the Caulfield run when he was beaten at deep odds on. Uh, disappointed the market just failing at deep odds on, but the literal barrier troll early tempo and booming late sprint said he couldn't have done much more under the circumstance. Came from plus two, winning at Flemington when seven, minus 7.6 at the 800, but here nearly 10 lengths slower at minus 17.4. His mid-race was 13.6 lengths, going minus... Uh, 3.8 before plus 7.3 last 400. That booming exertion through the softest part of the track had to tell late, but he still ran the fifth best last 200 of the day at the end of 2,000 metres. That can still see him win his Derby Grand Final in a fortnight. And that's exactly what happened. So um, really, the the ability to show late speed is always important. And, and again, this is something we underlined on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. That Caulfield track, it was overwatered towards the turn and a horse who had to exert through it was going to be disadvantaged. Absolutely spot on, Ron. You couldn't have nailed that brief anymore. And what, what are you, what's the cost for Sizzlers? Which, and you get all the IBR data. I mean, what is it, a month? We, we, we charge $20 a meeting now. So uh, if you want Melbourne, you get six meetings this month. If you want Sydney, you get five because, of course, the little dads, big dads at Sydney on Tuesday and the Melbourne Cup and Oaks and all that. So you get the IVR report and the write-ups explaining where the best runners were. Well, it's so funny, Rolfie. I have people that go on the website, and we don't post it up every week, just the IVR report, $55, and people buy it. If it was me, I would get the report plus the commentary, right? And what was it, 20 Oh. I don't get it. Something's not right. Something's not right, Ralphie. But the reality is this, right? It's definitely a fantastic opportunity. Anybody that loves the sport and wants to learn the game, you know, with a bit more detail, it's you, can, you just cannot go wrong having the communication wrap around with the data. You just can't go wrong. 
Uh, it's something we're very passionate about, and we're very passionate about uh, people who uh, who support us on our Friday podcast this week. The uh, the big look will be at the Flemington final day, and in isolation, we'll do the five diamonds just like we did the uh, the Golden Eagle on Saturday. We'll get to that, but uh, I'm setting that up by saying uh, they were well, well rewarded on uh, Friday. Our members, I always ask them if they want to ask some questions. Um, this is from Mark. Another big thank you for the work to your customers. Had a nice collective pride. Jenny saluting. Got on each way early in the week. Took twenty. Six dollars and six dollars the place and twenty percent, two hundred percent of the quinella with a, a tissue. That's ridiculous. So well done there uh, from Rob. Just a thank you. No questions. Just a thank you. Prime and Jenny at twenty six dollars after the early pod. So he's nice and happy there. From Steve. Well done to you and Vince. What a derby day, Philip. The Japanese horse Prime and Jenny Riff Rocket twenty six dollars early market. So I think he's talking about the combination and ten percent of yesterday's Melbourne Quaddy. Well. <laughs> too good you so well done so we really uh, appreciate that and that brings us to Pride of Jenny Vids uh, well what a fantastic uh, experience it was watching that race and Declan Bates uh, was that right of the year possibly Oh, Ralphie. Well, first of all, from a personal point of view, man, I, I couldn't get a bigger smile on my dial because usually it's not that easy to win at this time of the year. I have to say yep. it's, it's it's always challenging because it's so competitive. It's not like the intel's wrong. Or it's just so many chances and everything looks like value. And it can be difficult because it's so easy to make the wrong move or be on the wrong horse, right? Even though your horse has still got a genuine threat. But prior to Jenny... Not only did they give us, like, they just said, we want an early Christmas. Because that's all I could think of. How on earth, and how many times did you reiterate this, Ralphie, about Pride of Jenny? What stupidity with the price. Seriously, what stupidity? How can that horse be that price? Even, even double digits was ridiculous. I mean, that horse should have been single digits. At worst, equal favourite. At worst, and yet, you know, like on the totes, it was $15, $16 in the close. Huge for a place. And the ride was outstanding. 15.6 lengths above benchmark first section. Well, we already said it, Ralphie. This was a we, – we started saying it's a bit of an iron horse, right? And yep. there's no ifs and buts about that. We were saying that. And that's exactly what this horse was doing, was delivering on that potential of uh, I can go fast and keep going. And the ride, though – I, I love rides where they just keep riding. They know they're going fast, but there's going to be no slowdowns. And then try and catch a breath and let's go again, because usually that's the end of you. That's how you get gobbled up. But 2.9 lengths above benchmark between the 8 and the 6. 6 and the 4, it was 2.9 below. 4 to the 2, 5.2 below. Last 200 metres, 5.7 below. In other words, when I look at that last 400 metres, he got everything out of that horse and he must his judgment must have been sublime because only to have a half-length drop-off over the last 200 metres when comparing it against your last 400 metres just shows how well-rated he was at the 15.6 above first section. That's probably his sweet spot, Ralphie. 15.6 above <laughs> is his sweet spot. Can you believe it? She's a, she's a she's a milder version of O-Rogue, isn't she? So. <laughs> O-Rogue, the cleaner, right? The cleaner. Yeah. Absolutely. And then to make things even better, I didn't take any exact decisions, but a tissue running second. We knew this horse was ready to run big and yep. put in a, a pretty substantial performance. Just couldn't get there. Just could not get there in the end. So sometimes the market's insane and 
That is just glorious. This is what we wrote about Pride of Jenny after the Mooney Valley run grand final leave. Stunning career best performance in running second to WA champion Amelia's Jewel. We do caveat that this horse has always been a spiker, running no second at Flemington, October 2021 with Group 2 with two length above benchmark. Earlier this year, first prep with Mar Eustace, no second Group 1 with 3.5. So there's some risk in her profile that she drops away from this. However, conversely, the even splits compared to the freak 13.7 first section in the Coolmore can assist avoiding flatness. 2.7 the 800, 4.6 mid-race, 1.4 last 400. Did lose a length in the 400 and 200, adding merit to the run. So the point being, this was track record time. Some wanted to pot the horse uh, or the, the night because it ran fast times. But as you always say, Vince, yeah, you do have to adjust on a good on a good firm surface, but you don't over adjust to the point where you're saying, "Well, you, you don't respect it," because you still it still takes talent to run fast, no matter how fast the surface. Absolutely, Ralphie. And here's the ironic thing: we're just talking about the the perfection of measurements, right? And this really was because there's a comparison last cam- campaign with Pride of Jenny. Have a look at the second up run, Rolfie, at Rose Hill over 1,500 metres. First section, plus 13.7. Last 400, minus 6, right? Now, yeah. the horse has gone 15.6 above <laughs> with a, a minus 5 point, well, the overall last 400, no, 10.9, right? But the last yeah. four, the last 200 metres, 5.7 below. Just to sort of confirm a couple of things here. Number one, the horses came come back this campaign, like a number of the Ma horses, a length and a half to two lengths better. And it was reflected because you could see in this campaign it hit a plus five. Yeah. Now, on, on the weekend, overall performance, 2.8 lengths above benchmark. Fantastic. If you look at where that sits, you know, in the history of this horse, it's like bang in the top four or five runs of uh, performances the horse has ever had. And I don't believe they could have done any better. And I hope this horse stays sound because this horse is going to win a lot more races, especially (laughs) if they can get the daring tactics right up front. Oh, I'd love to see it. Caulfield spin around that. Oh, <laughs> on a, you know, a, maybe a fraternity type. Of, who knows? Um, the and uh, and just to put a bow on it. The other point being, if you liked Amelia's Jewel and the Golden Eagle, and obviously we'll get to that, but um, it was the same dynamic. But one had no luck. Uh, but the dynamic was they were both flat at Caulfield on the fifteen day backup. Yeah, and Ralphie, a completely different field. Right, of, of course. So what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, you get a different field, different setup, and and one was favourite, the other one was inside odds. So it's glorious, basically. Um, a tissue now, James McDonald, as you always say, once you're more than ten legs, you're in a winning position. But this was an outlier race shape. My take is, he's pretty much ridden this horse to perfection, given what her early speed pattern is. Yes, and here's the challenge here. I felt this was a double uh, lone leader scenario. First of all, prior to Jenny, 15.6, of course. But then there was, uh, was it uh, Dendy Knowledge, 10.7? Yeah, and then you've got the gap. The gap was there, right? The next quickest horse was 7.4. So James McDonald would have been riding off that energy of 7.4 above, right? And he's probably... Just still, even on that, just that touch outside of where he needed to be. But I don't feel he could have done anything more with that horse in terms of early speed. Like you said, there has been a couple of scenarios where this horse could go around that sort of plus two range early. Now, had maybe that horse run a length and a half closer, 
could that have been enough? I mean, on the NPS margin, it sort of clearly indicates that was probably the difference between winning and losing. Just being that length and a half further behind cost you the race. All right, we'll get to the wakefall as a uh, little bonus for our Group 1 members because a few, few of these are backing up in the in the Oaks, so we'll ask, ask you about that later. Just wanted to, speaking of great rides, back to race four. Um, yep. You know, you, you've got Najim Zahail, who's a fast horse, and this was a fun watch too with Spacewalk. So uh, Jamie Carr, who's, you know, she, let's just say she's had poor stats because that, that, then you can't argue with it, uh, whether she'd been in, in or out of form, others can judge, but she certainly hasn't had that magic she's had of previous years. But... Could you have ridden this horse any better being letting a lone leader go and then going as slowly as this horse needed to go leading that next pack? Uh, courage. Courage. Yep. Just big, 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 big courage. For, that's first and foremost because the temptation would have been there to go faster because this horse certainly has that capacity to go quicker than four lengths below benchmark through the first section. So that took a lot of guts in my view, and even where it sort of positions you, because you're pretty much heading up the rest of the pack, yep. and then you've got to run down the leader. Now, the leader, lucky, <laughs> lucky the leader stopped, Ralphie. That's all That's I can it, say. Yeah, is it, luck, took, it took courage, yeah. as I said. Yep, lucky it stopped. And Spacewalk, uh, overall, 0.4 above benchmark, again, crazy. That gets you in the top 10 for the day. Not exactly 100% sure what to make of that, Ralphie, but the beauty was this. The horse was full of running late in the last 400 metres, had plenty of energy and did what it had to do to win because realistically, I'd say from the 300 metre mark, it looked like it was never going to lose. It just took forever to pick up that leader. That's all. All right, just uh, one more I better get to as well. This is from Scott. Uh, just uh, just such a lovely uh, feedback that we get. I just want to know how much enjoyment I get out of the work you you and the pods, you and Vince do. Most of my mates have left after a couple of years. He, he works remotely, and the weekends can be pretty vacant, so the pods really set up my Saturdays. I get up, listen to the pods, go for a hike, come back, listen to them again, do the form, about race five, open a bottle of champagne, and that's the afternoon. <laughs> so- oh, I love that. Man, I love that. I don't, I don't, I don't drink Ralphie, right? Yep. Not that I mean, I, I, every now and then, you know, like when I say blue moon, there is no blue moons, but you know, two, two <laughs> times, three times a year, I might have something, right? But yep. I, I, generally speaking, the gold for me is the water, right? But I love that feeling. Imagine that, I'm popping out the champagne, saying I'm loving life. Oh man, that is the best. <laughs> Well, he was pretty happy with Obama, which we ended up calling him the Japanese horse. Yes. On yes. Eagle. So, uh, firstly, as an overview, how did Rose Hill play on the day? Right. So, we're off to Rose Hill. After Rose Hill. Yep. Yes. Yes. Rose Hill. Well, well, well. I'm keen to do a little bit of a dive on this particular meeting, Ralphie. <laughs> firstly, when we look at the, the track profile of the day, very hard to uh, knock, in my view, all the way through to the finish line. The beauty was the rain didn't really come. That was probably yep. the golden part for me. I was so excited because if I look at to the 800 metres, around two lengths faster than standard, home straight, one length faster than standard. In the middle, between the six and the four, I'm not saying had a core field about it, but they were both above benchmark, around 0. 0.2, 0. 0.3 range. So that also gave me plenty of confidence in the sense that the overall day, that track pattern was no worse than a G4. And in some cases, I'm not going to say better, but it definitely wasn't worse. So it was as close as they could get a track, in my view, to being on point. Now, the lanes, this was the other beautiful part. 
Rose Hill, win the rails in that position. Where do you want to be? Typically, two off the fence to six off the fence is where all the gold is. And then you've got to get more than 12 off the fence to be back in the same sort of advantage in terms of lanes. And all the winners, with the exception of race one, Ralphie, oh, and sorry, and race nine, they're all one. Well, the majority of them were uh, two to five lanes off the fence. All right, so let's look at the two features, and we'll do it as they as they played. The first one, mm-hmm. the Giga Kick, which is always named after the previous winner of the Everest. It was won by Craig Williams on Bella Nipotina, and that pretty much underlines what you, your point because Craig uh, was stuck in the inside, but it, it wasn't a negative. And but my goodness, what a rider this guy is! He's just a he's just a dynamo in big races, as was the uh, the ride of Nash on Private Eye. Thought he had it, and Craig's picked his pocket under underneath him on Bella Nipotina. But she's just a quality mare, full stop. Well, yeah, I guess the thing with Bella Nipotina would have been a very unlucky horse hadn't it not won, right? I mean, yeah. in that home straight, there was uh, big challenges for this horse to get that space that it needed, and then. When it got it, wow! It was um, it was tremendous, Ralphie. Seriously, it had such high octane. Have a look at the breakdown: two point one lengths above benchmark first section. Pretty pretty quick speed for this horse, right through that first section. Between the uh, eight and the four hundred, losing around three point six in terms of slowdown. Then we we go and have a look at the very last four hundred meters. Six lengths faster than standard, and just like absolute bullet over the last 200 metres, plus 4.2 last 200 metres. I mean, just sensational, Ralphie. Ridden, well, obviously ridden correctly closer to the fence. That's where you needed to be, but a lot of courage. And when that break came, they made the money. Uh, first up, we wrote, uh, it's produced a sideways run. First up, over 1,000, went 2.1 lengths, uh, running the best, but running the best last 600, 400, 200 of the day. No, sorry, this is uh, this is on the 30th, rather, the second up run. So, in other words, she, she matched what she did um, second up to first up uh, on the uh, 30th of September. But the point we wanted to make in Sizzlers, however, this race shape saw a booming 12-length mid-race. That's the best of her career, showing she's in great order for a possible peak run next start. Well, she didn't peak next start. She peaked on this day, uh, 3.6 lengths above benchmark. And that's always been a range, Vince. So that three to four, four range, that be fair? Absolutely, Ralphie. This, they, they peaked on the day and they got the yep. performance, which was fantastic. And the money was there for it as well, which is the other interesting thing. It's not like they, it was unwanted. There was plenty of money for this horse, Ralphie, that it was going to run big. And it did. And, and, it's, and of course, I'm not sitting here and saying, is that a surprise? Absolutely not. I mean, this horse was always going to be a threat. And the big key is this. Think about it, first and foremost, then private eye. What an Everest can take out of horses. Yes. And we've, we've seen that happen. Like, first of all, I mean, think about it. When you look at the performance compared to the start before plus six, it even shows horses of this this calibre, they come to their top and they're done. Absolutely done. Well, and we touched on the Cornwall. It, it's not a bad field of vids, particularly if you're going to take short price odds. What's this horse's grand final? Is it next start? Was it its previous start? And they're not machines. No, and you have a look at it. One length above benchmark first section, well within its wheelhouse. In the mid, in, in between the eight and the four hundred, nowhere near the same slowdown. I mean, we just talked about Bella Nipotina three point six length slowdown. Here it's a one length slowdown. So you you know straight away who's not 
as affected, right? Think about yeah. it. He's nowhere near as affected. But then that last 400 metres, like it looked like the horse peaked between the four and the two, that extension there, and then actually lost a half a length over the last 200 metres. The horse was done. That horse was done and was just bat- battling on pure courage over the last couple of hundred metres. To the Golden Eagle, uh, okay, your overview was there were only two horses that interest you, Obama, which we're calling him, even though that's not what we call him. <laughs> of course, Amelia's jewel. So she was desperately unlucky. Uh, Damien Lane's uh, amazing quote after the race was, I'm, I'm lucky, I'm, I'm just happy I came out alive. Uh, the horse has had some injuries, yeah. but apparently it's going to be okay, they're hoping. So uh, it, it, it's a, it was a serious <laughs> looking uh, situation. So we'll, we'll just let that play out. But uh, to the winner, Obama Boomerai. Vince, the starting point was the start. It, it, it wasn't an overly quick uh, eagle at all. So I suppose that would have surprised you. Well, surprise in the sense that on my worst day, I, I thought there's no way they're going to go slower than benchmark. But I actually thought it was going to be more like a plus two. Big field, yep. good speed. But here was the, the thing. Money. As, soon as, <laughs> yeah, as soon as I seen Golden Mile up the front, I go, how fast are they really going? How fast are they really going? And then I call it the crippling part, right, between yep. the 8 and the 400. The majority of horses are slowing. And this is why there was the jam in the midfield. Like yes. a massive jam up and all of a sudden, like you're looking for miracle runs to get it, to you know, especially if you're going to get victory. And, and how evident was this when you then look at the last 400? I mean, Obama Buramine, right? 9.3 lengths last 400 metres. That's how slow the race was being run. 4.8 lengths below benchmark first section, 3.5 between the 8 and the 4, and then 9.3 last 400. And if we look at the last 200 metres, six lengths faster than standard right for the <laughs> last 200 metres. That just goes to show. And when we were talking before about Pride of Jenny, I said, I said to myself, you know, Pride of Jenny, it's a pity that horse didn't run in this race. Um, I actually felt that horse probably would have run third yes. in the race. And definitely, given the circumstances, some other horses in the end would have gone close to winning. Well, this was the same track and distance where she was just narrowly yep. beaten in that in that Cornwall earlier this year. Mark's asked, uh, what numbers come back on the split for the last 100? So did you do anything internal in that? Because it just looked okay, insane. I did. I, I, can you believe it? I actually did. So he's, of course, why wouldn't I, right? And of course, now, unfortunately for me, this is probably my blemish for the day. I did back Amelia's jewel. And yes. I, I can say to you, I didn't get a vomit bucket. I just had a bit of a sook, right? <laughs> that's that's the reality. Because, of course, I was split between the two. And I just said, well, I'm going to stick with the locals. I learned a few things like you always do when you give back money. It's never a nice feeling. But here's the interesting part. Obama Buramai, last 100 metres, 5.66. Last two, uh, 50 metres, 2.82. Interesting. Amelia's Jewel, 5.68, last 100, 2.88, last 200, right? Because I was really keen to see, like, what was going to happen in terms of this last little bit in a, a finish and what impact certain horses would have had and what would have Amelia's jewel really have done, if anything, right? And could it, if it didn't have that bad interference, was it really going to run in the money? And that was the big cross-check for me. And the reality was, yes. Would it have won? 
I don't know if Amelia's Jewel's got to sprint that big, Ralphie. That's yeah. why I was really keen to see what that last 1,500 metres was like, right? And the answer was for me, you probably uh, wouldn't have been able to out-sprint the winner in the end. Amazing. Uh, Daniel's asked, what does what Vince think uh, a Bumerai's best distance would be and what does the IVR project him to achieve? So uh, it, it's probably just a, a pub chat here because I assume we'll, now that's won all the big money, it's going to get back on the plane and go back home. But uh, what, what, type of, uh, what type of learnings did you get from the race, given that you uh, said he was already a plus five horse? Probably no any additional benefit other than this was just another horse that they obviously got grossly wrong in terms of market pricing and a lot of people probably couldn't line up this horse and the reality is it should have been equal favourite. We actually said that, Ralphie. Exactly that this horse said, was, yeah. Yeah, was worthy of being equal favourite. The plus three, it's in its wheelhouse. That's the horse. It's a three to five range horse. It just got uh, a phenomenal rate. Did it get the best race shape? I'd say no. Right. Yes. This horse races with a bit more pressure, so it didn't get the best. And I know this horse is very capable of running off a much faster pace around that plus six last four hundred. So, is this horse going to be a horse that can get more ground? Than that I, I don't know, right? Personally, because I don't have like I don't have like a big huge data bank in Japan, right? Where I'm doing every single race. I'm I'm. I'm a bit like the sniper. I'm just isolating. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you and, well on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I don't, you know, I don't physically have. Well, to probably do Japan properly, I'd probably have to spend two hundred thousand a year, and and then I'd never bet there, right? So yeah, you know, it would be pointless of me. But I like doing the the sniping work like this. But a plus three, you know what that means? It means you win a lot of races, and if you can run to your optimum, you're going to be competitive anywhere you point the stick. Does that make you a 2,000-metre horse? Well, the intel says at the moment your best line of fits 1,500, 1,600 metres, as it turns out. I wonder if they uh, if they will target him for the Cox Plate. Who knows? Uh, I'm sure they'd, well, they'd I, like to get him back. <laughs> well, I wonder if someone yeah. would buy the horse and keep it here, but the Japanese horse is very expensive to buy. Yeah, unlike, unlike Europe, there's proper price money. <laughs> money there, yeah. that's for sure. Right, yeah, of true. course, the Melbourne Cup uh, is is the uh, is the the big uh, dog this week. If you want Vince Accardi's runner-by-runner runner analysis for the Melbourne Cup, it's via your daily web sectionals website, yeah? That's correct, Ralphie, and we've done it, and it'll be up early this morning. Uh, when I say early, hopefully the well, girls will get up. Some of this will be available, that's right. Yeah, well, well uh, hopefully yeah. they'll – yeah, if they start work at 9 o'clock in the morning, I'll be happy, right? Yeah. And they'll actually put it up, <laughs> and it'll be really good. <laughs> yep, fantastic. So that's dailysexuals.com.au. Vince's detail, it's uh, – it's, uh, I know it's your passion, Vince. It's the one, is that the one day you, you take, take multi? That's it, and I've, yeah. uh, <laughs> I've definitely sat down – It's. I don't know if I'm a dreamer. Usually, just uh, this, maybe we'll leave this for our members, right? For our Group One members, yes, because we, we should touch on the Melbourne Cup. We're silly if we don't, right? But I yep. can just say this to you: that my where I am mindset-wise, usually I find the Melbourne Cup extremely difficult. But I don't this year, and I I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. But it just looks like it's crystal clear and. I would say very unlikely of any um, hiccups. And the, the first four, the couple of horses that I know is completely overlooked by the market because I can see the early prices, 50 and $60, and they should be like something like $10, right? I'm yep. sitting back here saying we could be getting big money. All right. Well, we could yep, be getting big money. There. 
iDailySexuals.com.au. If you want the preview podcast for this Saturday, like I said, final day at Fleming, it's always a cracking meeting, and we'll also do the Five Diamonds, given there's so much money there that we'll uh, we'll, we'll uh, do a, do an audio dive into that. Uh, you can get that via RacetrackRalphie.com.au, as well as if you want to become a member of this podcast and get the little bonus podcast. But in the meantime, thanks so much for listening to Year Round Carnival. 